but it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! Hey, it's Lima Time Time! Welcome to episode two of Lima Time Time. I am one of your attractive hosts, James Yasko, joined by the other attractive host of Lima Time Time, Patrick McClellan. That's very accurate, yes. We are two of the most attractive podcast hosts, maybe on, on planet Earth. I'm, I'm willing to, I don't know, there could be some actors that do it, but I feel like we're, we're up there. We're in the top at least 270,000. Well, I feel like we're, we, we represent Astro's Twitter well. Yeah, we do. We do. I think we're a credit, I send, we're a credit to we our race. My, yeah, we can make my headshot to the, uh, the logo with, if you want and just Photoshop in an Astros hat. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of logo, uh, we are – because I was able to throw together the worst Photoshop uh, project ever in the history of Photoshop, we now are on iTunes, so you can subscribe to – Lima Time Time on iTunes. We are pending approval from Stitcher. And if there's any other random podcast service that you get your podcast through, let us know and we'll try to get our crap. Yeah, and, we'll, and we'll give us more work. Just give us more work yeah. while you're at it. But you know what? The iTunes thing means we're an actual official show. I don't know if you know that or not. But now we're official that we've been accepted. So this is a real show now, so we have to – Take it seriously. See, I did a lot. I was doing a lot better last week when I didn't, when I had zero expectations. And now right. I feel like I enjoyed greatly last week's episode. Now I feel like there's an expectation and maybe I'm going to press a little bit and I'm going to pull a John Singleton and find myself do, in podcast no, AAA. Don't, don't do anything but that. Don't pull a John Singleton, please. <laughs> that's, one, that's the one thing you can't do. We're going to be coming back to John Singleton on episode two of Lima Time Time. But first, I do want to. Thank a few people. Uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, I did my very first GoFundMe uh, in an effort to get the Unlimited Pro subscription to SoundCloud. We needed $135 because, well, I don't have $135 just laying around because I'm a teacher. Yeah, see, I do. That's funny that you didn't ask me, but sorry, people. <laughs> well, well, you know, it, it, it creates more buy-in, So, and I, it, it never occurred to me to ask just, you. So, uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, I, this is awesome that you did this. You've got – I've got at least – well, in a week I'll have at least one comma in my bank account. So, so boom, going to make it rain. But there were a number of you that, that did donate – to Lima Time Time so that we could get this unlimited pro subscription. I want to thank you very quickly, Jordi DeFelice, Steve McKinney, Brian Trostel. You know him as the bat guy who posts very irregularly on Astros County. Dallas T, Jeff Goldman, uh, Zach Mayer, Corey Finneran, the degenerate gambler who donated $69, which is nice. Clint Shane, Tyler Davies, that was unscripted, by the way. That just happened to work out perfectly. Lane Griffith, thank you so much for your contributions to Lima Time Time. This will allow us to create bonus shows and not have to worry about cutting off at a, at a halfway decent and helpful time for you. So we're looking for those driveway moments where you sit in your driveway 
not realizing that you can take your phone out and still listen to the podcast at yes, your own at your own leisure. We just that. want you to sit in your cars and finish up Lima Time Time. So thank you so much. Uh, it really does mean a lot. I didn't expect. I, I expected to kind of walk back with my tail between my legs and ask Pat if he had 135 bucks. <laughs> so that would have been like, sure, bro. And then I would have had to rob somebody. <laughs> That's right. Or, or I knocked over three work. Or like do some work. I knocked over. Paid. I knocked over three gas stations just in case. Uh, here. But to but to piggyback on that, thank you guys. Um, anybody who donated that the Lima Time and Time account is not following you on Twitter. If you are active on social media, please just let us know and let me follow you. Not that that means anything. It really doesn't. But I would like to show respect to the people that show respect to the show, and that's what I can do on the Twitter account. That's all I can offer you. That's and like a, good. a smiley face emoji, maybe or until we, a retweet. I can I can barter retweets. Or and, and until our glamour shots come in, then then we can do some signed eight by tens. Of course, yeah, we're we're going we're going to Hollywood immediately. <laughs> so we'll be that, all the trade shows. We'll be at the uh, the fest tomorrow during the day. We won't, but that's right. We'll be signing autographs next to Jimmy Wynn. So whoever si- whoever's yeah. sitting next to Jimmy Wynn, get their autograph because that's that's us. That's us. Let's talk about last week because we have now finished up all. Well, I guess it's I guess it's a week of baseball. Uh, the Astros go two and four with some controversy, uh, some terrible pitching. Before we get into the the series individually, the one against the Yankees, the one against the Brewers, let's just kind of take a let's let's be responsible here and take a wide angle view of of an entire week of baseball of which there are there are like 25 more of these weeks of baseball by the way to to just what, what were your impressions what what stood and, and you and I know where we're going to go to zoom in a little bit but a wide angle view right. what did you think of the first week of the Astros season oh man wildly inconsistent all over the place there's great things there's good things there's not so great things and there's terrible things which is pretty much a season of baseball if you break it down to a week. But, yeah, there's some – they did everything great they can do as a team, and they did everything bad they can do as a team, in my opinion. I, anything you could do wrong, they did, and then everything you can do right, they did. And sometimes they did both of those things in the same game. And they did – yeah, which is – that's a little scary to me, is the ups and downs in-game and the in- inconsistencies. But, but ugh. Do you think that being rained out on opening day, actual opening day on Monday, and having that game pushed back to Tuesday, giving them an extra 24 hours to to think about the beginning of the season, do you think that had any impact on their performance? I I say yes, and I think it made the weather slightly worse. It was a little more post-rain cold. Yeah, for, and 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 Keuchel was fine. Yeah, he didn't hit his spots, but um, he was still off, and he was visibly off, in my opinion. And uh, we saw what the the relief did as well. But that's the, that's the best game that we played, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's true. I guess. No, I think, well, the the Brewers, the one Brewers win was good too. I guess. But it still got tight there. It was still some some bottom pucker. Well, both time. were t- both were tight. They hit a couple of home runs late, didn't they? What was the final score in the? I don't I don't have the scores pulled up. I had to shut everything down so wasn't that I could it, maintain wasn't it connection. Wasn't six four or something like that in, in the first game? Something like that. 
Yeah, so and that that's pretty comparable for both wins. But that one felt good because it was in control the entire game, and they just kind of nitpicked runs to get back into it. Yeah, but yeah, but to to answer your question, sorry, I, I took the long route. Um, yeah, absolutely. the The cold weather affected that entire series. So, in 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 thinking of of playing baseball in cold, you and I had texted about this kind of throughout the week. There and, and just a, just as a sort of a as a way to try to relate as a an entirely unprofessional athlete. There was a couple of weeks ago that I was in a situation where I was part of a coin toss to determine where the team that I coach would play next, and it was like 53 degrees, and it was a little bit breezy. It wasn't cold by any means, but I had to let the other coach do it because my hands wouldn't stop shaking, and, and it's, I'm, it's not like I got nervous about a coin toss. Like I just couldn't – I could not control my extremities, and not being a professional athlete – I would expect the the Astros to have to have kind of performed a little bit better, but but when you've been in Florida for a month and then you get put in New York City where it's freezing cold, they're clearing ice off the field before Game One. The the, the uh, let me try it. Let me try to speak. No, English. no, you no, no, you're but you're 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 dead on. It's. And I don't even think you can throw you can throw Florida out of the equation. I think just being in the cold. I don't care when it is or where you've been doing. The teams, baseball players, are never ready for that. That's I mean that was colder than it was in October, all of October. That's true. And granted, they played one game in New York, and it just happened to be decent weather. And then Kansas City can get cold, but it wasn't. Right. I think it was hotter in Kansas City than it was here, even though we have the indoor stadium or the retractable roof. But yeah, for for a professional pitcher especially, you with the placement of pitches and how there's such a small margin of error when you're throwing pitches and you're trying to locate stuff that can't be hit. Um I think it I'm more referring to Colin McHugh. Yeah. Who we but we've talked about how he's a question mark already. But for somebody who relies on that curveball and that likes to place it and, and throws it for a strike or likes to, when he's not throwing that pitch for a strike, he's he's hittable. And I, and I very wonder, hittable. So that threw him off. There's no way he could locate anything like he wanted to with with hands that cold, especially that second day. And and he was he's one of these guys right. that, that the Astros picked up not solely, but but it, a lot of the appeal of Colin McHugh was in and how he spun the ball. And I can't imagine that the ball spins better when it's 35 degrees as opposed to when it's 85, 90. Like the the cold has to have some sort of impact on how the ball moves, uh, and the and the feel. And and I I come back to the feel of the pitch because I was reading about Vince Velasquez's start last night, which don't if you if you don't if you, yeah if, if don't you, look that up if you haven't seen it don't don't look it up. The Velasquez said that that he kept hand warmers in his back pockets but he had some real trouble getting a getting a grip on the ball when it's that cold your hands aren't you're not your hands aren't sweating you're not producing moisture that allows you to kind of get a different grip on the ball so everything from grip to how the ball moves in that cold that has to play a role in in those second two losses uh, it does and i don't know if I, it's not an excuse but it was a factor right I was surprised at how well the ball carried and how well we hit. 
Yeah, and and I don't know and if that's Yan- and the Yankees too. And I and we talked about this as well. Another factor: the Yankees are a a good ball team. Yeah, they are going to be a playoff contending team, uh, pending they stay healthy, which they probably won't do because Teixeira breaks himself every year and all that stuff. Everybody that on that team is fifty-two can years kill. old. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying that team's that's a good baseball team. So. There could be no weather problems, and the same shit could have happened. Pardon my language. <laughs> no, no, it's true. They, and so, looking then shifting to the to the Brewers series, I watched. Uh, let's see, did I? There was one game that I got shamed by Astros Twitter uh, and and by at Astros into not watching. I, I want to say that was the third Yankees game. That, yeah, I think it was too. It, it was a loss. It was yeah, and it was, so that's not on me. Like I can't be responsible for that because I was watching freaking animated Batman with my with my daughter, not actively not watching that game. So that's not my fault. But but the the Brewers. So let's let, let's shift then to the Brewers series. What? Oh, how how do the Astros lose to mainly to players that they deem not worthy enough to play baseball? Chris Carter, Jonathan VR. Domingo Santana, who is a prospect in his own right, but okay. So number one, our two losses to Milwaukee, we I feel like we ran into buzzsaws. Anderson pitched great, and and you didn't watch the game today, but Nelson, you know, he had nine strikeouts, six innings pitched. I mean, he was he was great, and Anderson was great in that first loss. So they had great starting pitching. But you know Chris Carter. You know how streaky he can be. It's he true. can take over a series and or hit for a week. Um, and so can uh, VR. Um, Villar. How are you saying it? I think it's supposed to be VR, but it's Villar. Villar. I don't know. It's like a tracksuit. It's, it's a Villar tracksuit. It's, it's a Villar. But like I feel like it should be VR, but whatever. It doesn't matter. He doesn't That's play irrelevant. for the Astros anymore. But he's another one. Yeah. It, you, we're viewing him as our trash, but he could he could hit too. It's not like he was a complete garbage all the time. Yeah, and another team, the former Astros assistant GM wanted him, so it's not like they're horrible. And, and like it kind of goes back to the worst baseball player on the Astros is a hundred times better than you will ever be in your entire life. Right. Right. So, so it's I mean, hard to put that in perspective because you you just you watch these people day in and day out, and you're just like, "This is just such trash." I hate it so much, and they are incredible. Point oh five percent of the talented people. Yeah, and not, they, it's unbelievable to think of how good you have to be. I do specifically remember, however, one, and this was early on. This was towards the end of of Carlos Lee's tenure in in Houston, but I timed how quickly he ran from home to first base. And then in my dress shoes at work during lunch had some, <laughs> had someone time me running 90 feet. And, and it was, it was close. It was a, it would have been a tail of the tape situation. And I was, I was in a position where I just kind of sat for eight hours a day. Like it, it wasn't a good look for Carlos Lee, but, but there's still good baseball players. I mean, and, and you don't have to be fast. You can be Carlos Lee and 
rake. Yes, he was a frustrating player to watch the end of his career. I still loved him, though. He, you know, his career, his that contract proved to be exactly what I think everybody thought it would be. It would be pretty cool early on, and it was going to be a drag towards the end. But I think we were all willing to buy into that. Yeah. Just for the upside of what he could do. And I feel like, don't you feel like Carlos Gomez, even though he's younger, it's kind of the same, not quite the same because of the age, but it's like if you can just get what he did in Milwaukee, you're very happy with it. Right. Speaking of Carlos Gomez, why don't people like Carlos Gomez? I don't know. I, because I, I, I love him. I'm, not, I'm, I'm getting annoyed with his helmet flying off every swing. And he's not producing right now. But he has fun. He's one of the greatest center fielders in the league defensively. He has one of the best arms. And when he hits, he's incredible. And he has produced. It's not like he hasn't done anything this year. What do you think about the – because I know you watched every game. Um, Yeah. What did you think about him trying to get a triple instead of just holding up at second? Because I I do not – I buy into the Gary Pettis as a broken windmill. Like he just oh he God. just waves his arms, but I I don't put that on Gary Pettis. I think Carlos Gomez was going to go no matter what. I I don't know. I didn't see was Pettis waving him. I have I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't. I, I thought it was ridiculous because it wasn't even close. It was just dumb. See, I think that was Gomez, and I think if if I remember, I think, but that's the aggre- I think that they're it's ingrained in them to be aggressive, and I think AJ Hinch is going to have to dial this back. He's going to have to relook this because I have in my notes that the base running has been absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. People getting picked off. And when we're not hitting, especially in this Brewer series, when we're not hitting like we're we're accustomed to in the New York series, this stealing and getting caught stealing, you know, you need to keep your base runners safe. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. And especially because – and it's not like it it was in the last few or the previous – three or four Astro seasons where if you had a guy that could hit, then you just kind of hoped he generated his own runs because there was nothing right. behind him. Like, especially with a lineup that is... That it's is power-centric. So I feel lineup. like if yeah. they're on first, we're hitting so many home... I, I meant to write down our the home run numbers, and this is a complete segue into something else, and we can get into that. But yeah, we're a, uh, a home run hitting team. Uh, if you're hitting home runs, stolen bases are irrelevant. Right. So I don't I don't quite understand the philosophy, and that could just be my baseball ignorance. I, I I'm not sure. I, I I like aggressive baseball. I really do. But if you're just hitting home runs, and the way the lineup is setting up with Tyler White hitting home runs now, and you've got Rasmus, you have all these guys up until Castro, and even Castro can hit it out. Every guy has potential to go yard. I, I would be. I'd be a little bit more careful with your base runners. Maybe, you know, be aggressive and get to second and whatnot every now and again just to keep people honest. But they were downright reckless. Yeah, it was it was reckless base running. And I understand the and it, and it Go ahead. It could, have been, it could have been rust, too, just getting too big of a lead and just kind of not getting into the feel of the season yet. And, you know, Correa took a few extra steps and just got picked off. You know, it just it happens. But there were too many base running errors for me to at least not mention that. Eh, that's a little suspect. That yeah. we need to chill. And there was a play in the game today, which uh, it was when I texted you. It was the I guess it was the top of the eighth, and we had runners on second and third, and Springer up, 
and Springer hit a, I wouldn't call it a bloop, it was a mid-pop fly to, uh, to center, and Pettis did not send, I, I think it was Rasmus, was on third. And the throw was terrible and off, and he would have been safe. But it was a play where you don't send him. It was like a dare throw type thing. Mm-hmm. But it was weird to me that they've been aggressive with everything else. Even though it is the right call, you should probably shouldn't send him. But if you're sending him in every other case, like Gomez to third, why not send him with one out? Yeah, and I guess... Based it- on the their mentality or whatever their strategy is, it didn't fit with their brand it's it's like they're still they, they haven't figured that part out yet because I, I understand I understand stealing bases I understand that if you're going if you go from from first to second then a, a single scores you you know as opposed to putting you on first and third and setting up a double play and I understand the situation today from from what you texted me that if if it was a if if the ball was caught. If Springer's ball was caught and Rasmus gets nailed out at the plate, then you've left Carlos Correa at bat with a runner in scoring position. Like that's worst case scenario. It is, but best case is you tie the game up. So right. So I, I take that chance with Correa up and and a runner on second. But maybe the thinking was Correa's coming up. I, I don't know. I that that's my problem with Pettis. It's that I don't know what the hell he's gonna do. Sometimes he's crazy aggressive, and then he'll throw the stop sign up randomly. And you're just like, not that he was wrong in this case, but I don't get him. I have no idea what he's going to do. Maybe that's part of his power. Maybe the inconsistency. (laughs) Well, I mean, that should be a good coach. You shouldn't be able to – you should be able to make decisions on the fly. I get it. But I'm used to him being quick with the trigger. Yeah. And had he sent him, he would have been safe. But like – Ashby and Brownie were saying, I mean, you don't send him. He would have been hosed with a good throw. It, it was the right call to keep him there. But it sucks to see that throw offline, which is the goal of having him fake the, the tag. Whatever. I don't know. Well, I'm just well, I'm nitpicking right now. But well, it, was more, it was more on Pettis, and I don't know what the hell he's doing. He's sending Gomez to third on stuff, and then he's not sending players to score when you have your best hitter up with a runner in scoring position to tie the game. Maybe they were trying to win. I don't know. That's not my job. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So, so we've 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 sort of addressed the Yankees series. We've addressed the Brewers series. Let's get into some of the players. Then we've talked about McHugh, and we we would very much appreciate it if Colin McHugh could look more like Colin McHugh from this point forward. With I, the the story for me, and I think the story for everybody in baseball is Tyler White. So, yeah. <laughs> can can you remember a a player doing what Tyler White has done to open a career? No, no, no. There, it's you weren't incredible. A big jo- you weren't a big George Bjorkman fan in 1983 because that's the only name I remember. <laughs> Well, I, I know they were comparing him to, to Caminetti when he came up and hit 500. He was 7-4-14 in his first 14 at-bats. But Tyler White, he didn't have the greatest day today. Uh, he was 0-3, which brought his average down to 5-53 or something. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. No, <laughs> what a it's, an, it's an insane start. And he hit for power. He hit base hits. He hit doubles. Uh, he scored runs. Like I, I think I – didn't I text you the graphic – uh, comparing him to Correa through, 
I guess it was last night's game. Yes. Let me pull that. Let me pull that up for anybody who didn't see it on the on the broadcast. How many how many home runs does Tyler White now have? Is it four? Uh, two. He has two home runs. Right. Right. Yeah, he has two, which is amazing. I it's, think it's still pretty pretty impressive considering that. And I hate to bring I feel I feel terrible bring, even bringing this up. But in his first four hundred and twenty plate appearances, John Singleton uh, had um, fourteen home runs. Yeah. So Tyler, I mean Tyler White, that, I, that, that's a low blow. I mainly just wanted to make a Singleton four twenty. Uh, yeah, reference. but, she, but she, that's. But you also made a point that. This is all irrelevant. It's an amazing start, and you can't ask for anything better from a guy that's making his major league debut. And I'm so happy for him. But let's all chill out, <laughs> you know. He could. He was over three for day today. He could go over the next thirty and pull up Velasquez. That's the name of the guy that went to Milwaukee, right? What's his name? Uh, wait. The, the right fielder, the prospect. I can't think of his last name. Oh, Brett Phillips? No, the, the Brewers guy that we with the beard. The right fielder that was our prospect that came up and didn't get a hit here. Oh, Domingo I'm, Santana. Santana, Santana. Velasquez Santana, I'm being racist. <laughs> um, yeah, Santana, who just came up and didn't get a hit here. And they were like, all right, he's expendable. And now he's raking in Milwaukee. Yeah. And that's going to happen. Okay, so... Uh, I pulled up. Okay, so they they had this on the broadcast. I guess last night through uh, through the first four career games, Carlos Correa was five for sixteen, two home runs, four RBIs, two runs, one double, and then Tyler White nine for thirteen, two home runs, seven RBIs, two runs, and two doubles. So those are just comparable to me, and that's but four more hits. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's it, I mean and and obviously, you know, he's not going to hit 550 nope. for the entire season and if And he's he, not even going to be a Carlos Correa type. I I I I just don't think he's a superstar. Yes, he's amazing and this is great, but he's a folk hero. We to, yeah, we we just need to reel that back in a little bit and he, hope for the best. And and like I told you, if he's just Half of what Correa is. If he's just a productive major leaguer, we'd be one with that. Right, because how long has it been since you could rely on... And, and we were talking about... Remember how all the scouting reports were like, Tyler White's not going to have any power. He might hit no for power. some average. And and that's all he's done is blast baseballs. He hit to the gap. Uh, he, that home run to center field was an absolute monster shot. So, I mean, that's power. It's, legit, so, it's ab- legitimate power. But legitimate if, power. If yeah. he if he is the Johnny Appleseed to Carlos Correa's George Washington, I think we will we will take that seven days out of the week. I I would agree. So, so where so I guess that leads us into where does that leave Evan Gaddis? You know, and I think a lot of, a lot of people are asking this too, and I I don't think I think it's overblown. I think Gaddis is still. Your DH, even with I don't know, Preston Tucker had a hell of a start to the season. So I, I think we're it's a good problem to be at right now. It, it is. It's a it's a, and it's it's a rare problem in recent Astros history to wonder where you're gonna put where you're gonna put guys. You know, Gaddis 
he can hit. So, see, he's, he's blasted double-A pitching. Congratulations. You've been in the majors for three or four. You should be able to blast double-A pitching. But double-A pitching is is top prospect good stuff. So I'm glad that they sent him there to hit and not triple-A where you're, you know. You're facing the 39 the Your guys year old. that are sitting back and down, even though that's still major league talent. I feel like double A, that's where the talent's at, or well, the new talent. And so you could still see some filthy stuff. That's true. And I mean, you know, the the major pitching prospects for the Astros are in double A and Marcus right. and Musgrove and and so yeah, you're gonna see but but it's it's still the the thing that you are that if you are Evan Gaddis, you are a legitimate major league. And I'm not trying to downplay that he had a pretty good opening series, and I'm not saying that the Astros should tell him to, you know, maybe you check out a little bit more of what uh, Corpus has to offer there, Evan, and uh, maybe get a condo and let's let the, you know, the 30 days on your rehab assignment or the 20 days or whatever it is for a position player. Let's let the 20, let's let, the, let, let, let's let that ride out a little bit and just kind of see what happens. I don't think they'll do that. There are some moves that the Astros are going to have to make. Um Gaddis being probably the first move that they're going to have to make, McCullers being the second. Did did Matt Duffy get a plate appearance this week? I I I don't remember. If, if he did, it was a very unmemorable. Yeah, and I I do know that that Hinch said that his goal was to get everybody in the game and to get Eric Kratz got in the game. I know that. I mean, if Eric Kratz can get in the game, yeah, but Matt Eric Duffy can't. Kratz got in the game because Castro is the alternative, so he's getting in the game. Yeah, that's true. And, and we we have my, to table my, our my mortal enemy. Yeah, we have some things to say about about Jason Castro here, so we'll we'll get to we'll get to him. But we'll get, yeah, we will. So with the struggles that the starting pitching is, and I think someone a a, a, a tweeter a listener uh, sent us this question. What do you do with because you've got Gaddis and McCullers that are going to be coming back relatively quickly? Does Davinsky get sent back down? Does or what moves? What <laughs> moves not, do you make? Not after that outing. No, I agree. No, no, and I, I don't think he should either. I, I don't know that. That's why I said it's a good problem, but that is a problem when you have major league talent up and down the board. I don't know. I think Duffy's getting sent down when I, Gattis I, is ready. I think that's I think that's the play too. It's because and whether that's for Gaddis or for McCullers, Duffy Duffy is is got to be sitting. He's got to be kind of checking out condos in Fresno. <laughs> what is uh, what is McCullers' status? I was under the impression that he was going to miss the first couple of series, and then it was a retroactive DL and that he was going to be good to go. But he's on, you know, he's live tweeting games, and that's all fine and dandy. I need to get hit. He needs to be ready. Yeah. I think Not that he's not working. I'm not alluding to the fact that he's not working. But, <laughs> but Stick to pitching, bro. McCullers. Quit making memes. I think I tweeted him today. I'm just like, can you just come back? Fam? I think I called him fam for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> I, don't know why I did that, but I did. I'm like, come back. Fam, like that's it. <laughs> Responding to one of his funny little memes. Yeah, yeah, he's all about the memes lately. That's which is sort of he's he's working on his niche as we all are in life, really. He, his his brand. He loves the fire emoji. I'm very, yeah, he's <laughs> he's doing great. So I, but I think his status is that he is expected to miss the first. I from what I understood, the first three turns in the rotation. Wow. Okay, so that's longer than I would see, but I 
I didn't read into it. I had I had heard that it was a retroactive DL and that I guess what they were just saying he'd be available to return based on the DL, but that doesn't mean he's ready. But apparently, I mean, as you know, the one of the things that I I'd like to have somebody on to explain how in the hell does a simulated game work? Because in my simulated games, I would strike out 27 batters on 27 pitches. <laughs> in a perfect game and I would right, right. I would be the simulated greatest pitcher of all time like how does so but apparently his simulated game went very well and it really it legitimately was shoulder soreness and my fear with with McCullers was that remember when they when Carlos Gomez went down right after he started tearing the cover off the ball in late August yep Gomez in early September and Gomez goes down they're like oh it's not a big deal it's going to be a couple of days and and he was basically using a walker to get around the bases in the playoffs. Like, and it was, and it was. You saw, you saw the hurt. Yeah, you could tell too. He was, yeah, so yeah, he was legitimately hurt. So yeah, the, um, that's the why the DL the, scares the hell out of me. I don't know if it's them masking it so other teams don't know, or if the players are just, I'm ready to go, coach. I'm a warrior. And then, oh no, my leg hurts. I can't run. If yeah. it's just them being tough, I don't know. And I think with McCullers, with McCullers, what they were trying to legitimately trying to do was to just tell him to back off, and and D and putting him on the DL was was a way to kind of force him to not go one hundred and fifty percent. But that was all of that was what last year was for. That's this is why I'm annoyed with this, and you can't help when somebody gets hurt. But them just holding him back and this skipping starts and then limiting his innings so much last year that was the whole point to get him ready for a full major league season at least i was under that impression well yeah but i think the shoulder soreness is is sort of a is sort of because he just throws so damn hard i i don't know yeah but i but i think it was a way to kind of tell him like hey chill out and let your shoulder let's see what happens with your shoulder don't keep pitching and don't keep throwing bullpens and side sessions and make it worse we're going to put you on the dl so that it kind of forces you to realize you've got some more time to get ready, and it just so happens to be able to limit 15, 20 innings, then that's for the, and I'm not, I'm not saying, I, I mean, who am I to agree or disagree with the shoulder strength of a pitcher I've never met, but. Right, right, right. But it, but it makes sense. I mean, you don't want him, because he was, you could tell, I mean, he was the guy that they talked about in the offseason that he would, like, carry, he got married and went to Italy on his honeymoon and would, like, carry his wife around on his back and do squats with her because he didn't want to skip a day of of trying to get better and stronger like with a guy like that i'm okay with them saying hey you know what yeah i'm I'm 100 percent with you so so but but it still doesn't change the fact that the astros are going to have some moves to make and it, it sounds like we're in we we agree that duffy is probably on the outside looking in yeah i'm i'm yeah i'm pulling up i just pulled up the the roster and it has to be. It has to be. Unless, yeah, unless for whatever reason they send Davinsky back down or they're not going to send Tony Sip. You know, he's a specialty. He's, the, yeah. Yeah, they're not sending Sip. Um, he just signed All of the other players are, are in the rotation. Yeah, it's literally Davinsky or Duffy. What, and, and it's, it's going to have to, it's it's there's gonna have, it's gonna to, be have another, to be Duffy. It's gonna have to be Duffy, and then but you've got another one to send down. Once and he has and he has three at bats, by the way, with two strikeouts, and he's over three. That's why we don't remember. That's why we don't remember. But so, 
I totally lost what I was going to say, which is the sign of any... Well, just that the, we need, there's another player that needs to go down. So. Oh, oh, so with, with one of the things that I could feasibly see happening, depending on how the Astros view Davinsky and the role that they envision for him going forward, because he came up so early in the season, I could see the Astros sending him back down, letting And just that, say, hey, you'll be back up and... In August or you'll, whenever the call-ups are. You'll be, well, you'll be back up after we think the Super 2 cutoff will be so that we don't have to pay you an extra year of arbitration. Like, I could totally see that. I could totally see the, the Astros that'd doing That'd be that. the move, but from a fan's perspective and from seeing that nasty changeup that was completely undersold. He calls it the circle of death, which is... It is the circle... It is disgustingly good, and I just always heard it was just a good changeup. No, it's filthy. The, it's a filthy changeup. And the circle of death is is ter- is more is is makes it more terrifying. Like it's because it's a circle and there's no end. It's just death repeating itself over and over and over. That reminds me of the Xbox. They had an <laughs> Xbox had a defect where it would give you the red ring of death, <laughs> circle of death, and that just meant your Xbox was defective and you had to return it. And that was a few years back, but I had the red ring. It's of- relevant. I had the red ring of death when I ate uh, Hattie B's hot chicken in Nashville. That, <laughs> that's was, a, that, that is a different red ring of death, and a, yes, that's also comparable. <laughs> that's, that's what that's because that's what players feel. Uh, it th- is that they're an upside down volcano when Davinsky's circle change comes in. Well, that took. Okay, that, so wait, so that got who, weird. Well, who did they who did they call to replace Michael Feliz? That was Davinsky. Okay, so Davinsky replaced Fleas. Okay, because they still have him on the roster, but in parentheses, he's on the he's on the forty man. Obviously, he's on the forty man. He got sent. He got options yeah, he to got, AAA. He was yeah. He was immediately McHugh. immediately sent down. But I, I think that was more of him not being well. Not only was he not effective, but I also think that he wasted a lot of innings. So he wasn't going to be doing anything up here anyway, so why waste a spot on him, too? He threw 107 pitches. Yeah, so he's useless if he's on the roster. So I don't know if it was necessarily him getting shelled. I'm sure that played a part in it. But I think he would have gone anyway, no matter what he did in that Yankee game. Yeah, because he pitched, what, five innings? He got it to yep. the. I think he yep. got it to the sixth because McHugh yeah. was pulled after getting one out. Yeah, a third, a third of an inning. So, yeah, so he was gone no matter what he did. So it looks like, oh, he came up and got shelled, gave up six runs or whatever more. I don't even know how many. But, no, he was gone no matter if he shut down the Yankees or whatever, if he pitched that amount of innings. That I'm game sure. that game was frustrating because I didn't get to see opening day because it was in the middle of the day, and my schedule does not allow me to watch day games. But that Why game can't was, you neglect the kids? I feel like you should neglect the children. The youth does not, just for a few hours. I had the game cast... Uh, available to where I could see it and nobody else could. So, so I, nice. I feel like I was still following a little bit of what was happening. But that game was frustrating because it was such a bad start for, and it reminded me a little bit of that McCullers game. Uh, oh yeah, against That's the, exactly yeah against the Rangers, where where they it was a really bad first inning, and then they sort of clawed back, and then the the next guy just either either because of momentum or being thrust into a game an hour. And, and I know we talked about the timing of which relievers warm up last week, but, but just not being expect, you know, not expecting to have to go in in the first inning to stop a, stop the bleeding of a six run deficit almost immediately. Yeah. That's not an enviable position an enviable position to be in. So I, yeah, that sucks. And then, and the, but they clawed back and then it just kind of, well, it was instantly, I mean, like he got, 
he got the outs, and then Springer hits the grand slam, and we feel hope. But then you go back out there, and they, I mean, I don't remember how many runs they put up. It was instant. Yeah. They were back hitting home runs. Just as a personal story, my, my wife is helping, I, I put this on Twitter, but my wife is helping one of her friends through what seems like it will be a divorce, and she was on the phone in the other room, and Springer hit that grand slam, and I marched, I, I lost my mind, <laughs> I marched into the room where she's like kind of half, sort of counseling her, her best friend, and I'm just yelling, George Springer grand slam, George Springer grand, like over and over and over again, then I, I kind of remembered where I was, and I was like, oh, hey, sorry, uh, and, Sorry, and your life's falling apart, but George Springer is, isn't it? That's right. Don't you wish you were married it, to George but Springer? But now it kind of is. So, like, he struck out nine times this year. So, it, it kind of maybe that, maybe your actions indirectly affected George Springer going forward. It's the butterfly effect. Because he has not, he has not looked good at the plate since that, uh, that Grand Slam. Well, let's talk about that. So, so what are, is Springer pressing? Is he trying to win the AL MVP in the first week of the season? Is, I think that's how he plays. Would you agree with that? I think that that's just we, we're going to get George Springer pressing for his career, and it's going to pay off a lot. And he's going to look silly sometimes, and maybe with maturity he'll learn. You know, he'll learn how to dial it back. And what I've never understood about Springer is that if you look on fan graphs at his pitching, sort of his his contact rates and his swing rates. He's he's a very he has a very good eye. Like he knows what is a ball and what is a strike. But it seems like he he doesn't. You you. I would expect him to be able to to match the ball up when he realizes it's a strike. Like he he doesn't do that as well as as I would have expected, or as of course being a fan as much as I would like him to do to have that good of an eye and still sort of struggle with making contact or yeah, making he, solid and, contact. But he wants contact and he's not, so he needs to, he definitely needs to work on that. Um, and I don't know if that's just his role that he's supposed to go up there and, and hack, but he is, uh, he's, that's what he's doing is, is hacking it. And maybe it's a, okay, we had five guys in the lineup that, that just went up there and took hacks. Now we've got maybe two uh, perhaps three, and and so it's okay. It, it's a, it makes it a little bit more palatable when you know that Chris Carter isn't coming up, you know, and he's. You know what? That's a great point. I I feel like with this lineup, the potential. Why not go up there and and just swing for the fences, so to speak? Yeah. For a poor baseball cliche, that's the way the lineup sets up now, especially with how Tyler White. Has started. I know this is flipping our what we were saying earlier to chill out on it, but clearly Tyler White can hit at the major league level, so he has potential. It's not a dead spot like Chris Carter was. Um, and when you had when you coupled Chris Carter and Valbuena, yeah, now you you almost have two sets of three that can be super productive. Mm-hmm. When you have Altuve, Springer, Correa, and then you have Rasmus, Valbuena, White. White Tucker, yeah, and then you move into Tucker, and then Tucker's the guy that needs to clamp the mess before the idiot gets up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. Uh, we've given him, we've given Castro a chance. Like he's he's not good enough defensively to warrant being this pathetic at the plate. There I'm are just peop- sick of it. There are people that, and just to play devil's advocate, there are people that would disagree with you that that he does provide enough defensive value to. He's the he's the catching Adam Everett. 
I, I no, Brad Osmus was the catching Adam Everett. Uh, Jason Castro is no Brad Osmus. <laughs> now I I don't in terms of calling I don't know how what does he call does he call the game for Keuchel does he call the game I think so okay well then I'll give him credit there if he's call, if he's calling the game then that makes him slightly more valuable but he's he, he, we talked about this how he threw out we were, I was talking all this shit and he, he throws out two runners but his arm isn't that great. Is throwing out two runner two runners in a game worth? Is that is is the flip side of that a double? Like, did he produce a double by throwing out two base runners? I'm willing to bet there is a stat for that. Have you have you studied at any of the new um, the new stats that the sabermetrics has come up with? Like, I've looked at pitcher. I've they released pitch like framing. a whole. I have no idea what they are. I just I was listening to. I don't remember what show it was. But it might have been Charlie Palillo here in town. But he was just li- like reeling off all these acronyms for just new stuff, just crazy combinations of stuff. Where it's just now it's starting to get a little out of hand. <laughs> where do you stand? I know we didn't write this down, but where do you stand on sabermetrics? I think when when put in the right hands, like I trust I trust Kevin Goldstein with with stats. Oh, yeah. I I don't necessarily trust myself. I can make. It, it, anybody with a play index account on baseball reference can make a case for for anything that they want by cherry picking stats. So that's how I feel. I, I I trust stats in the hands of the right people. I I don't know that the right and I'm not try, I'm not throwing shade at and I'm not trying to like subtweet who is <laughs> the right person and who isn't the right person. I know it's one of those situations where I know enough to know that I don't really get it. I wish I did. I probably should look at it more, but I, I don't. I, I'm terrible at math. I teach history, I so so I there's just it's like there's a a nerd bias at play, and I feel like I'm slipping into goose gossage territory here by saying. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, obviously, I think we both can agree that. This is a game of percentages and stats, and 100% there is value in knowing every aspect of numbers. Don't you? Would you agree with that? I would totally agree. Now, the problem is with the people running the organizations, they're going to have, they're going to place value on different things. And that's when stuff gets kind of iffy. Because if they think, you know, OPS plus is is more important people put you know walks and uh, i don't know there's just people focus on certain things and different people are going to think certain things are are more important than others so it's not a consistent it's not a science even though it it is a science but but do you see what i'm saying like it's not and and everybody somebody could be completely different and be a sabermetrics numbers person but they should they could think that slugging and all this this other stuff is more important than focusing on somebody who puts the ball in play with two outs and just shit like that i think there's a line i, I mean there's there's a line and i think that that the, the it's one of those the the astros have so I don't, and maybe maybe they don't but i'm i'm assuming that jeff luno isn't doing isn't searching fan graphs to find he's you know, not theo epstein Ooh. Wasn't Theo Epstein a huge, huge uh, sabermetrics guy? Yeah, one of the he's first a, to win. He's like Besides Bill James' Billy adopted Bean. son. 
What? He's like Bill James' adopted son. Do you own uh, the Bill James? Uh, what's it called? What's his fa- what's his book called? The Handbook. Um, Historical Baseball Abstract, or what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. That's right. I I have. I love it. I, and I don't understand half of it, and I didn't like some of his rankings of my favorite players. <laughs> but it's a hell of like not only does it weigh thirty pounds, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Yeah, it's historical baseball abstract. Abstract, I think. I think you know, and I think uh, I think you, you. And I'm a nerd for owning that. I just realized that I'm a baseball nerd. And no, I did that's not awesome. Think I was. You're a purist, but you're also a, you're also a nerd, and I think that's 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 the line you have to. But but I think you you brought up an interesting point in. That we are we gravitate towards stats that make our favorite teams look better. And if someone comes out and says, "Look, I don't think Luis Valbuena is the is the truth here," I don't. And, but and that's a terrible, but that's a terrible comparison because no one, no one's like a, a massive Luis Val. We can appreciate Luis Valbuena for who he is, but but if someone comes out and says, "You know, I think I think Carlos Correa is maybe the sixth best shortstop in baseball," like we're gonna go. We're gonna have a stroke. Like we're gonna go apoplectic, <laughs> and because it doesn't line up with what we. Because I don't. I don't spend. I'm either watching the Astros. I'll watch a little bit of the Sunday night game. If there's like a marquee matchup on, you know, after the Astros game is ended, then then I'll check that out. But but I think that the problem with 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 ordinary people like us looking at stats is that it it that sometimes they don't back up what we think we see with our eyes. And maybe that means we would be perfect scouts in the 1930s, but but I think the game has shifted, and, <laughs> and, and but so I think I think that we, to just to kind of circle back to I guess what I was trying to say at the beginning, I trust I trust those stats in the hands of the right people. I don't think I'm the right person. Right, I completely agree with you, and and to kind of to piggyback off what you were saying a second ago about the not watching other teams. I I do not watch baseball unless it's my team. I, I watch, clearly I watch every Astros game that I can. But I, I don't want to say I don't love the sport enough. It's just different for me. I can't watch L.A., San Francisco. And yeah, I'll, I'll watch Kershaw and Baumgartner go at it or for a few innings or whatever. But it's not like different sports like football or basketball, I can watch the Warriors and Spurs play, which we're, I'm missing right now, um, <laughs> or Sunday night football, anybody. It, it's, baseball's weird like that until, until playoffs, where every game is just so... It, it, it's almost like, well, I'm a hockey fan, so I can't use this comparison, but like Stanley Cup playoff hockey is so much more intense than the regular season. Yeah. It's like a different sport. Baseball's like that. I don't casually watch other other teams, and some people do. And I and I, I guess there's not enough off time because you're playing almost every night. Yeah, that, uh, you don't have time to. I'm but, not. Yeah, you don't just watch. I don't. I don't know. You have to be a freak to have the MLB package. I used to order it, and it was just a waste of money. I never watched it ever, unless I was betting on a game, which <laughs> allegedly. Right. Right. I, I, you know, if I was in a different life stage, I would watch more baseball. Um, but okay, I, so you can watch, so you can, you love baseball enough to where you can watch Kansas City, Cleveland, Sunday night baseball. Yeah, if it's Sunday night, yeah. And now, if if it's like a, if it's 
if it's like a Thursday, I, I would cherry, I would kind of cherry pick the best matchup that wasn't the Astros. But but if like I mean, there were times last year in the summer when I had a lot more free time that the Astros game would end and maybe my wife's already gone to bed, so I'd stay up and watch the Angels and Mariners, or I'd watch whatever West Coast game had the best pitching matchup, or a player that I wanted to kind of see how they were doing. So, but but I'm I'm not necessarily in the I don't necessarily ha- always have the flexibility. It's right. basically the Astros game and I I I do MLB TV with with an IP cloaking device so that I can watch the Astros on my computer so that I'm not dominating the TV 140 nights out That's of That's very noble of you by the way. Well, it just, and you know and, and my wife is a huge Astros fan and she will watch any Astros game. She's kind of like you where she would not just be like, "You know what? It's Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to watch the Cubs and Brewers." Like I don't care who she she would not do that. Right. I if if I was if if I had that of flexibility, I I would. If that was the only game on, I'd have baseball on. I'd have something else. I'd be doing something else, but I'd at least have it on in the background. Right. And I, and I do feel like doing this show, I am going to be more apt to to watch other games, especially and and with our team being relevant again. And we could have a terrible season, and it, it might not be. But as of now, we're competing for a pennant in in my eyes. Still after so a two and four it, start. Yeah, we are still competing. Somehow <laughs> competing for a pennant. Amazing. We haven't been a mathematically eliminated yet. Yeah, I, I know, right? It, according to uh, some of Astros Twitter, we have. We'll get but into I'd, that. I'd like to point out that last year we were un, two games under 500 April 17th. So that's another seven days, which we have seven more games in that span this year. So everybody chill out. Like This could get rough with Kansas City coming in and no Keuchel. But we can play. And especially this team, the way we've hit in away ballparks, two very large ballparks – I guess the Yankee Stadium has a short right porch, but we're back home where we're tailored to kill. And I'd love for us to just come out and just murder Kansas City. That wouldn't that just be amazing? That that was that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Like, how much? Where does Kansas City rank on your most hated? Let's get a top five: the teams that you absolutely hate. Where does Kansas City fall? Let's hear the top five. Ooh, they don't. I don't hate them. How can you hate them? Do you hate them? They are. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big fan of their fans, but they're. Just, they were just us a couple years ahead. It's true. I have nothing but respect for Kansas City. They were a better baseball team last year, and we had them on the ropes. But I do not hate the Kansas City. They're fucking Kansas City, man. It's true. No, I don't even hate the Yankees anymore with what they were trotting out there. It just wasn't the same hatred. So, so where does know. that hatred lie? Ooh, okay. I still, I hate the St. Louis Cardinals mm-hmm. <laughs> with an undying passion. I, I hate the Texas Rangers. Um, and I, I think I hate the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, I, I know can, I do. I can go along with that. I, I. Hate, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, give me another two. It's it's starting to fizzle out but i still have hatred for the cubs just the way they used to come into the ballpark and invade with their fake fans and the people who live here and they break out their their henry rowan gardner jersey or whatever the (laughs) fuck and come out to the ballpark and uh, we can 
Tell us your hated teams, and then I want to segue into what Root Sports did the other night. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then I want to talk. I want to talk to you about your 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 experience with with Astros Twitter. Um, so my oh, yeah. my yeah, most hated teams would be and it, the Rangers. I, I hate that I've bought into the rivalry because I still think the Astros should be in the National League Central. But I do too. I hate I hate the Rangers. Uh, I do love Adrian Beltre, though. I think he is he is a national treasure. Um, I I agree, but I, but I I have got too many. I love Dodgers Adrian Beltre though. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when he's a little I bit younger, I'm not a little more fire. Credit just because, yeah, it Dodgers Adrian Beltre, and even San Diego Adrian Beltre. The so the and, and it's it's because I live in a geographic region where there are more Rangers fans than there are Astros fans that really piss. It's like they don't remember that they were absolutely terrible for so long. And we were good for so long. Why Have you seen any change based on last year at all? Or is it just that's Rangers country and that's that? Uh, there's a few more. There, there, there are a few more opportunities to buy some Astros things, but it's still pretty much like the Astros didn't make a caravan stop here. The, the Rangers did. So it's still. I find that. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I feel like that's a mistake. But carry on. I, don't, I want you to answer your thing. I oh. keep interrupting, and we start new conversations. No, I love it. It's perfect. It, um, so the Rangers, the Cardinals, of course. Um, I, I very much dislike Mike Sosha, and and the Angels. Oh yeah. I, I really do not like the Miami Marlins because I think Jeffrey Loria is a, a human piece of crap and. The way that he's run that team is an absolute and that circus of a stadium with those fucking. I don't want to say gay dolphins, but they're kind of gay dolphins. <laughs> the, yeah. You take that for what it is. It's a very beautiful, magnificent thing. So I, this is not a slight on gay people, but they're kind of gay dolphins. They're 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 very flamboyant. The dolphins. Yeah, yeah, and so that, take that for what it's worth. If you like majestic dolphins spinning around in your center field, then that's wonderful. Cool. That's that's cool. Yeah, I'm with you. I I just don't. I'm mad that they have World Series rings. Number one. Yeah. I just don't rec. They're like I don't recognize them as a baseball team. No, no. <laughs> and they have rings, and that sucks. They are absolute that trash. Sucks so much. It's like the only two times they've ever tried to win the World Series, they did, and that's what pisses me off. It's pretty badass. Those teams were so good too. Oh the yeah. Josh Beckett and oh man. I loved those teams just because they were put together to do one thing and they did it. And they did it, and, and it, then it's annoying. And then they for tore your it down. Lifelong baseball fans to where they to they the quote unquote buy a World Series, but they bought two of them and did it. That's and, pretty fucking awesome. And then so, we tried to do it and failed. That's right. And then but then they tore the teams. They're like, we could do this again, but nah, let's save some money on payroll and got rid of everybody. That, so, that's what was so offensive. It's like. They knew what they were doing, and that's literally what they were doing. And then they just dismantled it. Like, nope, got a ring. Bye. I, that that made it offensive to me. It was it was horrible. But still, still impressive. Okay, so that's two, or that's three teams, or is that four? That's four. That's four. So I'm searching for a fifth a fifth team to hate, and it's the not Red C- Sox. The, the The Red Sox are up there. I've got a lot of I, mean, I don't, and I feel like the, a lot of my my. Anger and hatred towards teams is completely based on their fans, and I've got a decent but number of. But that's fair. They are looped in. They are part. They are. They are tentacles of the organization. It's true, but I've got a. I've had a. I have a lot of good relationships with with Red Sox fans, so they're not. As, I like the Red Sox, so I'm not. I was just throwing that out there because that's a very polarizing team. I actually, 
they were my American League team for a long time before we switched over. Like when they when they won the that Yankee series in 2004. Oh, that's some of the greatest baseball I've ever watched in the fever pitch and all that shit. No, yeah. I I like the Red Sox. The Mariners were my AL team, and then I had to get rid of them pretty quickly. So my parents lived in Seattle for a little while when I was in college, and I got to go to Safeco a few times. And it's a cool, it's just a cool atmosphere. This, the fans know what they're talking about. I like Seattle had their fans across all sports. I don't know if it's their, I don't know if they're how knowledgeable they are, but they are more loyal than most parts of the country. Like they, their soccer team sells out. Yeah, the Seahawk fans are crazy, and they'll be there whether they're winning or losing. And I respect that. Uh, the, the Pacific Northwest is like that with Portland and then Seattle and stuff. I think that's cool. Yeah, and Ken Griffey Jr. is the greatest baseball player of all time. He's my hero. That's that's good. That's a, he's a good. I mean, if you're gonna have a hero that's a non-Astro, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, so. he's my guy. He's my dude. So yeah, pick up. We, we you have to pick a team. So the fifth one, the White Sox, I guess. Screw them. I don't know. Fuck the White Sox. Like I just, they're a trash organization. So let's go with that. I'm trying to think if I, I'm trying to think if I can throw in anybody else under the bus, and I really can't. No, we can we can move on. I don't. I'm not a big Mets guy. Nah, eh, they they're irrelevant to me. Not anymore. Well, they might be relevant come late October, but I just—if someone asks me like, "What do you think of the Mets?" I'll be like, "I, I don't." I but don't. the Mets, did you the Mets? They when they were winning in the playoffs last year, they were just—they were unbearable, and maybe we were too as a as a group of fans, like just That's soaking possible. in every ounce of that was just an amazing experience altogether. But I felt like they just needed to shut up. They got cocky. They went back to being, you know, Queens, New York, really quick. <laughs> they did, and they I was did. just like, "Y'all need to chill out. You're still the fucking Mets." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's it seems like there was something else we were going to talk about before I asked you about your your first full week of of experiencing the full brunt of Astros Twitter. Well, I will say um, Astros Twitter is a lot more impressive than I thought it was. Well, let's 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 kind of set the. It's not that you weren't following Astros fans on Twitter. It's that you you. Well, you I was are, operating from my personal account, and I which is very comedy it's a, heavy. It's, it's, and, it's for com, it's very comedy, and it's very for that. So the people that I followed were, you know, you and the media, and and then of course like the. I'm trying to think. Like Chives, Chives McGee. Love that guy. He he's, needs, he's wrong ninety percent of the time, but I love him. <laughs> he needs to just be a because, guest just because he like he like keeps it real, and I respect that. He needs to be a guest, and and I have his cell phone number. But and uh, he, yeah, he, I would love to have. So we can just talk about Pimp C and UGK the whole time. <laughs> he, um, my favorite that's part of that's all we talk about. My favorite, but like I hang on, but just like just, McTaggart, just, like people, like I follow uh, and Julia Morales, and then and uh, like like Amazing Grace, and, yeah. Deandra and like those girls and like there's people that are local people that I follow but like I didn't realize how deep it went until I set up the Lima Time Time account and I have to say I respect everybody I mean you you put it out there to follow that account and people listened I mean to get almost 150 followers in a in a week just based on hey follow this account that's really cool so anybody who followed that account that's really awesome. Like, there's a lot. It 
I didn't realize. I guess until I saw the, uh, the 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 tournament you were in, I was like, "Whoa, there's all these people that I don't even know who they are in this tournament." And I was mad I wasn't in it, and I, was, <laughs> I don't, I don't obviously don't deserve to be any part of it. But I was like, "I want to be in a tournament," <laughs> and you won that shit somehow. I don't. It's weird. It's it's really yeah because everybody likes you and you provide content and that's why it's really it's a really strange it's really strange yeah you should like you need to add that into your bio or something just to I don't know why but that was cool to win a tournament of best of Astros Twitter it was so you're like you're that's why they listen to you you're the king of Astros Twitter now <laughs> I took down McTaggart and Julia Morales and I, I I feel like that that should not have happened like that is that is preposterous yeah that's that's pretty impressive but yeah, it's so wrong. I, I, I and that shows it. that shows what a cluster Astros Twitter can be that I could win something like that. Yeah, but, there's a lot of there's some there's some good and bad in Astros Twitter. There's some very I've I've noticed there's some very vocal people that don't necessarily know what they're talking about. <laughs> and they're of course they're the ones that are super opinionated and have a comment for every single play. And uh but I've learned with Lima time time account that I'm very nice and I'm not snapping back at people and arguing. I did get into not a, a, an argument. We cut it out, but about ca- the Carlos Gomez thing. Uh huh. About one guy was just saying how he just has a feeling that Carlos Gomez hates being here, and I was just like, based on what? Yeah. He's just like, oh, I don't know. I just it looks like it. He's not having a good time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like literally I see the opposite. I saw him hit a double and dab on second base. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, having a good time. Like he has a dance with every player. I was like, I just I see the opposite, but I was like, it's an opinion, so we can't argue about this because it's an opinion. <laughs> he's like that I guess he's he, he's that lie to me guy that can read micro expressions and tell what a what a person is really feeling. I don't know. That was a really obscure TV reference, but I like that show. So whatever. Yeah, no, no, it was a great show. <laughs> um, it was a let's great see. Show. So yeah, no, I'm glad to be a part of it. I feel like I'm slowly working my way, working my way in there, and I haven't, I haven't cracked too many jokes on Lima Time Time yet. But I'm eventually gonna figure out how to bridge my uh, my comedy with with sports, so I can be more entertaining. I just like the ability to be able to live tweet games because I would do it. Especially during the playoffs last year on my personal account, and I would hemorrhage followers because <laughs> who, who gives a shit what what Korea did in the bottom of the seventh when you're a comedian in LA that couldn't care less about baseball, you know? You got so. some you got some traction with Lima Time Time for for highlighting something that and I, I try to I very much enjoy and we talked about this the other night, I very much enjoy Bill Brown and and we both think Alan Ashby gets kind of a bad rap. But Yes. At least one game out of a series, I'll try to listen to the other, or I'll try to watch the other team's feed just to kind of get a feel for what their announcers are like. So I, I do that too. And I, I missed, I missed Root Sports Cardinal Sin. Do you want to explain? Oh, oh my God! Yeah. It, now, I don't know who this had to be a producer's decision. Um, just to preface this, and I, I realized that they like to highlight stuff about the the city and the history of the baseball park that we're in but for some for god forsaken reason 
they felt it was necessary to bring up uh, I guess it was was it 2008? 2008. Is it, 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 it was right okay, after. I just want to make sure. Yeah, it was right before the, uh, I started Astros. The this Hurricane was, Ike 2008 home series uh, up at Miller Ballpark, where we were just completely hosed by baseball and by the commissioner and the Cubs. And we weren't we on like a, just a magical run that year. I'm trying to remember all. Yes, and to and, make the playoffs, and we needed that that series to uh, to win the division or the wild card. I'm not sure all the stipulations behind it. I'm I'm for- didn't we win something? Cra- we went on a crazy winning streak or something, or is that another year? I'm thinking. No, of? no, no. Well, there were a bunch of second half winning streaks in right. in sort of those mid 2000s, but 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 we were out of but we were out of it, and we stormed back into the playoff hunt, and that series was everything, and a storm hit, and then they. Picked a neutral site an hour away from Chicago, and they oh, what they did was just all they did was play highlights of the uh, Zambrano. Zambrano just mowing us down, and the Cubs fans going nuts everywhere. And I mean, the, the announcers made a couple of like that, that looks like a neutral site, doesn't it? Ha <laughs> ha! But why are they doing that? Everybody was mad. Everybody was mad. Please, oh, I'm glad I missed I'm that. Mad. I would have had it. Yeah. I would have had an aneurysm. And yeah, that's just like playing the, the – the, I was like, why don't you just – I actually tweeted at Root Sports. I was like, do you guys have a, uh, a, a the Pujols game queued up to where we can relive that? And uh, <laughs> Puppy executions? You want to show highlights of those? Seriously. So I actually uh, – I and that Hurricane Ike series was was sort of the event that, that made me create Astros County. That um, article, is that what you're referring to? Well, and in the off season, I get real bored with trade rumors and and free agency. So I try to go back and and because I'm a history guy and I'm trying to write a yeah. non, I'm trying to write a nonfiction history book. Like yeah, so I did like a and it was obscenely long. It's like twenty thousand, twenty five thousand words on kind of a day by day look back at that two of that the second half of that two thousand eight season where the Astros start winning. But the storm kind of grows, and, and I, I spent so much time on, like, the Chronicles it. Science blog, like, just to get the details, just to get the details lined up. And That's a cool, you should have won a fucking award for that. I just want to say that <laughs> article is awesome. awesome. Like, it's, it, especially from living it, but just, like, it, you got, it's almost like an episode of 24, but it just stretches over days. Like, you're throwing dates, how the storm's developing, uh, what Royals Waltz doing to the competition, um, and I'm sure everybody listening has has read that. If you haven't, this is my my vouch. Now continue your story. I'm sorry. No, I no, no. Did, I have to. I can't. You can't brag on yourself. So I have to hop in and say like that shit is awesome. <laughs> so go read it. Thanks. It was it was it was fun and also extremely painful. But but from from putting that together, like I I sort of came to the realization that that it was Drayton. Like it wasn't necessarily Seelig. Seelig should have. Selig should have come in and said, it's a really bad idea for you to play these home games in Chicago. But Drayton basically dragged his feet because there was there was a lot of question about where where the storm... Everyone knew the storm was going to hit, but there was some question as to where it was going to be. And by the time that everyone realized, like, holy crap, it's coming straight up the ship channel... Um, that then it was too late. Probably, I don't think it was straight up the ship channel. But basically, by the time it was coming straight at Houston, it, it was a direct hit. It I was. Mean, yeah. It was too late for them to do anything. But they still had to go to. They still had to go to 
Milwaukee and Brandon Backey, who's from Galveston, doesn't know where his family is. Like he like it was it was obscene that they had to play under those circumstances. I will say that when they were getting ready to go to Milwaukee, you know, everyone was sort of on this, well, it's kind of our job. It's what we have to do. We'll go up there and take care of business. And and the sort of the tenor of the outrage of playing in Milwaukee didn't come until after Carlos Zambrano's no-hitter. Oh, 100%. And you didn't even – I don't even think we thought about it. Um, it was like, oh – but then when after the fact, you're like, oh, that's Bud Selig's team. Right. And it all just felt wrong. And, and yes, it was after he mowed us down, but that was a Cubs home game. And that we were the home team, like that. It was just wrong, and but we shouldn't have agreed to it. And I don't know. I don't know if there were any other options that were even available. There, so. there were, but there was a chance of rain in St. Louis and Atlanta. I remember those two cities being potential. We would have been sites. haunted in Atlanta. We didn't want to play there for sure. Right, but. <laughs> right. And then St. Louis, you know, that's a that's just that's a horrible place, but. Um, but no, I and I remember that Drayton demanded that all of the money earned at that game should go to the Astros, and I thought that's that's that's, that's pro- so Drayton is what that is. It's very Drayton. The whole thing was very Drayton. So I don't but know. I feel like he used that to justify. There's no way he went in knowing that that's Milwaukee is a Chicago suburb essentially. Yes. Not really, but no. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's very close. What's it? An hour away? Forty-five minutes? It, I mean, I, it's yeah. Not, I think it's it's it, nothing. It's like uh, Houston to College Station, at the most. It might even be shorter than that. Than I think it it's is. It's like Beaumont. I mean, it, I think you're right. I think it's like ninety miles away. Yeah. Even if that, I mean, I, enough to where that place was. It wasn't full, but there were. 20,000 or however many people that were there were all Cub fans. Right. And Zambrano was untouchable, and I even said this. like he, It didn't matter if we played. It didn't matter. He That game, we were done. And, and it, there's, it's undeniable that— And he that, dominated us. He killed us. And then Ted Lilly goes out the next night and throws like seven no-hit innings. Like, I mean, it's it's clear that— Fuck the, Ted Lilly. <laughs> I just have to go on record and say, fuck Ted Lilly. I'm— I'm the, cursing this this episode, but fuck Ted Lilly and his glove, and it's just stupid Ted Lilly. His high collar. I remember like my cousins and I called him Father Ted because he had mm. that like priest collar. Uh, yeah, that's what it looked I like. Just yeah, not a see. I I miss the National League Central for that for that kind of shit. Yeah, but I'm but just to move into a, a different direction. I'm happy in the AOS now. For I don't know if it was the. Good year last year. I'm okay with it now. I was not, and it took a while. And now I'm. It's it's cool. Every now I'm and fine. then, every now and then, I'll get a flash of anger about it. But uh, but I yeah, it is what it is. It's it, I got mm, I get mad when I think like the Diamondbacks had a clause in their con like in their team charter right. that after three years they could be moved to the AL. And like, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. You know the Astros and Rangers can do their thing six times a year, and that's fine. But there was a lot of history with the Astros and the Cardinals. The you know the the Buffs, the Cardinals were, and Cubs. The Buffs were a, a Cardinals affiliate up until the Astros got yeah. their National League friends. So I mean, there's yeah, a, just a lot of true. history. My dad, yeah, my dad was a huge Stan Musial fan for that very reason. Is that 
they were a Cardinals organization. So the Cardinals were this city's team. Yeah. Up until, you know, the Colt 45s. So thanks a lot, Root Sports. Appreciate um, you. And did you – I didn't – I hadn't – I guess I just don't pay attention. I had no idea that the fucking – I'm sorry I'm cursing. I'm mad about this. The fucking Arizona Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks are our geographical rival. I know there's nobody else, but give me a break. <laughs> See, there make- is nothing less inviting or exciting about the Arizona Diamondbacks. Scram! I just they said that today, and I had never heard it. I and would. I, I get that the Rangers are now division rivals, so they can't be. But I was just so mad. Like, give us the Braves. The Braves, the Cardinals. I mean, somewhere, some some team where there's some history there. Oh yeah, I mean how Phoenix is not close. I would say St. Louis is closer than Phoenix. Would you? I would think that was. Cor- I, I don't know. Atlanta, Atlanta is a twelve-hour drive, and I would assume Phoenix is longer. So I, I would have said, give us the Braves. That I would think have been the Cardinals. Badass. St. Louis has got to be what, like a nine, ten-hour drive from Houston. It, it's oh. probably fifteen. It's probably <laughs> longer. But I know, but I know Phoenix. That's close to California. I mean, that's you're getting close to California. That's a drive. And you got to go through El Paso, which is like we're talking eighteen hours. Yeah, I, I'd say or sixteen. Something I don't know, but. It makes no sense, and it was just like they have nobody else. Right. So who did they – give them San Diego. The Angels, somebody. But like like San Diego and Arizona, and then you have – L.A. can do either the, the Angels. I don't know. I'm, that just sucks. I just – we always get the shaft, and I feel like that's just another case of the ass just taking advantage of us. Yeah. Here, go to the AL. Oh, here – play the shitty Diamondbacks every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that that being said, I'm excited for this season playing the NL Central. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And it's going to be tough because that's a very, very good division. It's a stacked division. So so what do you think about the, the upcoming week? The Astros have no days off this week. Uh, four versus all games at home. Four games versus Kansas City. Three games against the Tigers. How do you see this going? Ooh, I I really don't know. Is it the starting? I really pitch, don't know. Is it because the starting pitching has been such a red flag that it's yes. it's hard to project? Oh, and, and so has middle relief, and so has Giles been a little shaky, and our hitting has been off and on. I literally have no way to peg this team down. And we're playing against the World Series champions without Keuchel. Without Keuchel, who will start Game One of the Tigers series? Which is fine. I, I think. I, I guess I just have a bad taste in my mouth because of this Brewer series, but I don't have. I don't feel like we're gonna get destroyed or anything, but I don't have any confidence either. I just it's kind of up in the air. It's like a new season, if that makes any sense. I want to see McHugh indoors in front of a packed house of the orange out or whatever they're doing and maybe we see a whole different picture and a different team but yeah since it's at home and we had the weather and just a weird start to the year i'm i'm, I'm going clean slate for this week and i just I'm, i want to see what happens and then then we'll start predicting weeks at least on my end going forward I, I don't agree know how with that. You feel about that? I think I think there's a point where you where i think it's it's perfectly legitimate to say you know what we don't know enough yet so there it is. Well, what do you think? 
I mean, it's given that it's at home and and hopefully the the road trip. And let, let's be clear, the Astros only won like six road games last year. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, two and four going to New York in bad weather, and then Milwaukee's not the worst team in the world. Um, that's not. Yeah, that's that would be successful. There were, in the middle of a year when you're playing well and you go and all right, you won. You went two out of four. We were we were a terrible call uh, on the Utley slide away from possibly making that a three a, a, a split series or a split road trip and and possibly even going up four two. Um, well, did you see the? Uh, and I know we're going long, but I, I don't care because we're awesome. The show's great. Did, I know you weren't following the game today. You know there was a call for us today at third on a double play ball really? that uh, they slid in and we turned and made the the throw to first it was a a bunt so it was a i don't know two to five to three double play was what it would be if it was legit but they called interference and uh the guy was actually they called him out at first but he was actually safe so if they had reviewed it the uh the interference would have been the call so that was the double play but yeah so apparently that's a they are going to focus on that and if you're not sliding into the bag or your cleats are up that's a wrap see chase utley broke a dude's leg colby uh, and i'm everyone's hashed and rehashed out what the the rasmus slide like to like ad nauseum and he got called on the the utley slide rule but but see but he could have beat it what makes me mad is that he could have slid in and gone to the base and it he didn't even make a throw attempt so what he did was irrelevant and he just made a mistake. It's stupid, but he did come up with his cleats high and didn't slide in the base, and he could have, and it w- wouldn't have mattered. So that's what's annoying about that. The whole thing's annoying. It, like everybody was wrong. That's what. That's that's. I think that's what pisses right. me off. Like the umpires were wrong. Rasmus was wrong. The rule is stupid. Now I'm all but from- like, I don't. Yeah, the rule. I understand the protecting the players from getting killed, but why? If, if a player isn't making a throw to first, I don't understand how you can call that person out on a double play. Right. That's just like giving you an out. That's just I, – I, that doesn't make any sense at all. That's like your slide was so bad, we're going to just make this – We're going to ruin your inning. We're just yeah, going to end the, away everything from you. Your slide gonna, was so bad, your inning is over. We're deducting runs now. We're going to start <laughs> deducting runs. <laughs> you have made us all worse people. Yes, yeah. You lost two runs. Now you are being shut out again. It's, <laughs> I, it's, it's. I understand what they're trying to do, but I don't like when, when they in in any sport when they put an emphasis on something, and it's just every little thing starting the season out, and then it ends up meeting somewhere in the middle eventually, right. and then you have no grasp on what's good and what's not because umpires are humans and you have to deal with that shit anyway yeah and it's some are going to be allowed and you're going to get screwed on some and you're going to get screwed on other it's just another thing to worry about (laughs) (laughs) there's already so much stress it is it's so much stress uh but i wrote down in my notes and we can we can start wrapping this up um that and this went up and down all week i changed this a bunch of times but I have to say that I am somewhat pleased with their record, considering what happened. 
Two and four, I'm okay with that based on watching every just about every inning of every game. Based on how they played and how inconsistent they were, yeah, they could have been better, but I'll take two and four considering all that happened on the road to start a season. Yeah, the McHugh start really messed with the pitching kind of what what the options were and maybe maybe they didn't maybe I'm overblown and it that, messed but. with the it messed with the confidence and it messed with the vibe it just made everything feel that just after that loss we're one and one starting the season but it felt like we had just been swept and lost a bunch of games in a row and we're just getting down it like just totally killed any momentum that we had had we still scored we were still in that game for a couple innings and Correa hit two home runs, and there were some things to take from that, but yeah. it just was all downhill from there. It felt, it felt like. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and so they, you know, they won one game legitimately against the Brewers, the the Utley slide, and then you know not taking advantage of the opportunity of having Springer and Correa up with runners on second and third down by one. Like there, the opportunities but, were there. But only- you take that most of the time. Like that, that's, that outcome is not going to happen every time. We just lost a close game. And like I said, Nelson was incredible. I, he, he pitched six full innings and had gave up two runs and struck out nine. Yeah. Like that's a, just ran into a, a good start. So there was, I mean, there was one that, that McHugh game, even though there were chances to come back, like that was just a lost game by the by the time yeah. the first out was over, and, yep. and and they had opportunities to win the other. So so I guess our hope is now start taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. Yes, yeah, I want to. I'd like to see them just play consistent baseball these next two series and kind of level out, and none of these big swings. I don't. I'm really nervous that we're gonna start losing. 10 to 6 games and 8 to 6 and 9 to 7 and we're going to be good enough to beat any team in the league but give up just enough runs to lose and I do not want to be the shootout losing team. A different pitcher is going to have That's what I'm scared of right now. That's my that's where I, where I'm at. A different pitcher is going to have the worst night of their season every night of the every night of the year. Or we yeah, or just we you, or a quality start and you get in the bullpen and give up a five spot and all of a sudden you're just in a 7-6 seven, 7-5 seven, game and we hit and everything is fine, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And that's how it feels. Like, I don't feel safe at any point in our in our rotation or the uh, in any of the pitching staff. I'd agree with that. I think that's a good – and with, <laughs> with that cheery note, let's uh, – let's let <laughs> – Bye, everybody. <laughs> life Go is, Strohs. Life is meaningless, and we're going to lose a lot of games this year. But we still might win enough to win the division. Yeah, I'm not freaking out. So yeah, so the uh, I I would say that this this show's stance is clean slate for Kansas City. Let's let's send a message to them, and then take that into the weekend with Detroit, and let's just let's fucking win seven and just send a message to the league. How about that? <laughs> let's let Jose Lima take us home. Uh, where so give everyone the Lima time time uh, Twitter yeah, account. It's- it's at Lima time underscore time. I know it's annoying, but the other one wasn't available because whatever reason. Unbelievable. So yeah, at Lima time time underscore time. And if you write Lima time time in the search for people, it'll it should pull up. And there's a, a very adorable picture of him. And uh, yeah, follow follow us there. 
and you can get live game updates and other stuff. That's right. And uh, subscribe to the podcast on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, and I, I'll be posting. I'll, I'll post on my personal account too, but I'll be posting the uh, the links to the shows there as well. So that's a good place to go to go check out the show as well as as your account. And yeah, Astros County. And the SoundCloud file will be available uh, to listen to on AstrosCounty.com. So we're gonna nice. let we're gonna yeah. So we'll figure out the iTunes stuff and all that, and we'll we'll get it all squared away, and you will. All of our accounts will flood the internet with knowledge of where to find us and what to do. You will have a very hard time not finding new Lima Time Time podcasts. Yeah, we're going to harass you until you listen. That's right. Jose Lima, take us out. We'll see you next Sunday night. Yep. It's have, been a pleasure. Have a good one. Yep. There's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. Like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, free your sticker stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today.